conversation. I'm so happy today to be here with Amanda Romagna. So she's joining us from Sedona, and um, lucky her. And she is an international author, a visionary spiritual mentor, teacher of metaphysics, and master Akashic Record Oracle and librarian. And so I just got back from Sedona. I'm, I say just got back in my heart. I just got back in my heart. I never left, but um, I was there recently and I, and I didn't even know what an Akashic record was um, because I really went in very, very new and it is fascinating. It's, it's incredible and it applies to everybody. So I'll let her tell us about what that is. But um, I really felt drawn to having her on because it is such an amazing gift that she has. And it's such a valuable service that everybody can take advantage of. So we all have an Akashic record and we can use that in our own development. And again, I don't want to get too far ahead of um, ahead of myself here, but um, for my own experience, I, as I said, I went in and I didn't really know what to expect. I've had various readings done before from clairvoyance and so forth, um, but it was really, it, it, it takes that to a whole other level because it's really looking at the journey of the soul rather than just like this lifetime or, you know, that what's happened in, in my past in this life and, and what's to come and so forth. So, um, and then we even did a little regression in my session. So we did like a, um, just to get more in touch with guides and things like that. So I just left feeling, I, you know, I remember I had to go home and take a nap after I, I met with you, because I walked out and I felt a little bit like jelly inside. Like I was just sort of like um, some sort of energetic change happened. And I got back to the place where I was staying and I was, I, I really had no choice but to lay down and just like let it wash over me and give it time to integrate and, um, and so, and I was telling Amanda before we got started that I went back because she allows you to record and take pictures of the cards that come up and things like that. So I listened to it yesterday and I was taking notes and just kind of reprocessing. And some of it, it was interesting. It was like, it was the first time I heard it. Like there were things that I just completely hadn't remembered that had come up in there. So it's really, really beautiful. And she offers other kinds of mentoring and um, teachings, and we'll get into that later. Um, but let's just start with, um, can you please explain what the Akashic Record is and kind of level set? Absolutely. I'd be delighted. Absolutely delighted. Cara, thank you for sharing your space with me. It was a delight to work with you last week. Oh, um, an absolute privilege and honor. And if I could just share that probably a lot of people out there listening, um, we've all had this sixth sense or intuition, or if we've been doing a pendulum or cards, or we've been to a clairvoyant or um, a spiritual medium. One of the biggest questions that we've asked over time is, where does this information come from? Mm. And that was my question. I'm an Aries, so I want to know, 
front and center what is going on. But I'm also Aquarius. So I like to know that spiritual aspect as well. And we can talk about my journey a little bit later. But what I came into understanding is that there is an energy field above us. And it's an energy field a little bit like we have the cloud connected to our computers. It's like the spiritual cloud. And it records everything, every thought, every deed, every action. And it doesn't mean that it replays that back to us every time. But what we come to understand is where energy, the Akashic record or Akashic field is energy. And there is a storage interchange. Mm. And then when we become, I guess, a little bit more aware or conscious, we have this speed dial between ourselves, between our hearts and the Akashic field that we can start to draw down information or upload information and work with that information. So it's a little like, okay, you you have your computer and it's five-year-old. Well, you take it to the PC or the Mac people and say, I have so many spam emails and I have programs and I have this and I have that. My computer's running slow. It's the same with us, Hmm. that we have these programs from childhood or past lives that are holding us down energetically. Or we have gifts that we've forgotten about that we need to re-upload. Maybe he's given a new um, link to our browser and we get the system running again. And it doesn't mean that we're computers because we are amazing, amazing organisms and um, what I call creatures of consciousness here. And we're starseeds and we've all had amazing journeys. But what happens is sometimes our little systems and our brains, it becomes overloaded. So it waits until you're in a safe space or with a librarian such as myself that can retrieve information or like I'm finding now. And I found since about 2010, I can take you to retrieve your information. At one time in the old ages, the ancient times, the middle ages, you went to see the special person, the shaman, the oracle. And they were tuned to do this. But now, because we're becoming faster, quicker, and our brains are shifting, what we're having happen is we're getting that insight ourselves. And my premise is that every person in some way or form has access to their records. And that allows them to see the journey of their soul where they've been, what they're doing, their karmic connections, also their cosmic connections. And my main question with that is always, so what? Mm. What can we do with that? How can we embrace that and make our journey in life practical, insightful, rewarding? And that's what I've spent the last 10, 15, 20 years, I guess, doing. And that's how I'm here in Sedona and just keep doing what I do. Okay. Oh, that's beautiful. So, so let's talk about what led you to, because I, I know obviously you're not from Sedona. You're not a native Arizonian. I think that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If not, let's just go with that. We'll pretend. Um, but I, I know you came from the UK and um, so, and you have like, a, I think you even have a master's, is that right? In business. Um, so how did you get on this path? 
with the Akashic Record and everything else that you're doing? Well, it was kind of like probably many people out there again are listening, thinking, you know, I've got a 3D world, corporate, business, family, home. And then there's this whole fifth to 50th dimensional world. And I'm working in both of those worlds. And for me, I grew up, I was an only child in um, a very loving, regular family in the northeast of England. And what I found was that I'm only teeny tiny. Um, I'm the same height as um, I like to say Lady Gaga and Princess Leia. We're both five foot, we're all five foot tall. But as a small child, sometimes you have to navigate school and environments. And what I found was that I was very emotionally aware that if there was things of trouble, I seemed to be moved out. If there were things moving forward, I was accepted. And then at 15 year old, I actually took a job in a shoe shop. Mm -hmm. I worked for an organization called Clark Shoes and I was in the children's department and I was fitting baby shoes every day and parents trusted me with their children. It was quite a surreal environment, but what I learned was how to communicate with people, with children, babies, and I was 15, 16 year old. Mm -hmm. And these kind of things were precursors to me understanding how people functioned, what people wanted to know and how I could support them. Sometimes it's very distressing coming into a shop with a two-year-old. Um, and I kept thinking, wow, this is great. I love doing this work. And so at 18, I set off on their management program and started to work in London in Manchester and all around the UK. And finally, I was made a manager and that was a great prospect for me. So retail was my first stop of being aware and working with people. Mm -hmm. What I've come to understand now is most of the people that I was working with in meeting, I'd actually had past life temple connections with. Oh, really? We'd already worked with each other in past lives, especially in Egypt and places like that. But I just was then introduced to tarot cards. And then um, my big, big awakening was when I kind of was reaching my late 20s and I was expecting my first baby and that little one decided it wasn't time for them to be with us and they passed over. So I had what was called a stillbirth. Mm -hmm. But what happened with that was when I was in the hospital, I'd lost so much blood that basically I transitioned into the other world. Really? So I'd crossed over. My blood pressure had dropped so low. They, it was kind of they didn't quite know what to do. And I remember just slipping away. And then when I returned, it was like everything was different. And I then went on successfully and I had my little girl in 1996. Mm -hmm. And... What was interesting with um, Scarlett's birth was that she was a very, very sensitive child. She's what you would class now as a crystalline um, baby where they're very sensitive. So being a conscious new mom, I started to look at um, all the different things like aromatherapy, baby massage, reflexology. And at that time, I actually had my own franchises of shoe shops. Wow. And I was back in graduate school doing my master's in business with Durham University. With a little and one, too. With a little one. Oh, yeah. And 
Um, yeah, I had a very supportive family. And then I was saying to my daughter, whilst I was exploring all these holistic arts. Mm. And therefore, by Monday to Friday, I was Miss Corporate Business, running shoe shops, and actually by then doing corporate coaching. Mm. Other people were, Amanda, can we just get your insight on this? And I have to say, in some of my um, my business classes that I would go to, I would just throw something out that was intuitively given to me. Really? And this was Durham University. So we're talking one of the best business schools in Europe. Wow. And I actually went into their PhD program as well. Yeah. Um, and they would look at me and go, that's right. And then the class would look at me and go, oh, where did she get that from? And I would say, well, I just read it in a book. But I hadn't. I brought it in. Really? And then in the meantime, I was running away for weekends. Um, by this time, I was a single mom. So I got all these badges. Uh-huh. And I was trying to find myself. And I found myself in Glastonbury. And my mentor was a lady called Isis. She ran a retreat center in Glastonbury in England. And I started going to Egypt and taking her classes. And after that, it was just next step, next step, next step. And that's how I found my spiritual gifts came in. And sometimes it was a little scary. Mm -hmm. And that was probably around um, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So it's been a long journey. Yeah. And then I came to Sedona seven years ago, and you have to step up a whole gear here. Um, this is what I class the spiritual university of the world. Really? Um, there's many more PowerPoints on the world and very gifted teachers, but this is a great place to come to for education. Mm. So that's how I've ended up here and stayed ever since. So when you were talking about being in business school and and kind of following and, you know, getting intuitive answers to things mm -hmm. from like an academic perspective, were you then tapping into the Akashic field without knowing that that's what you were doing? Yes, okay. absolutely. And it was back in, say, 2010. Um, I was at Durham. I loved my school. I did my whole inauguration in a castle that was a backdrop to kind of a Harry Potter movie. Oh I loved goodness. that school. Yeah. And my professors, they were so wonderful. But again, this was a past life um, memory for me as well mm. of being in a very masculine um, yet um, steeped in history um, organization, trying to be a woman learning, trying to be a female academic. And like they said at the time, Amanda, you're a unicorn here. We just don't understand. You're, you come from a different perspective. But my saving grace was this. We had a, a professor share with Stanford and with Harvard. Oh. So they would send their professors to us and some of our professors would go there. And I loved their classes. Mm -hmm. And that was why when I did come to make the move to the USA, I was comfortable with that because I'd experienced the academics and they understood the language I was using. Mm -hmm. Well, what is the force? What is the energy behind that? What do we understand? What is the emotional response? These were questions I would ask and the class would look and go, what has that got to do with it? Mm -hmm. And I was curious. 
when I was writing my papers, I was so curious about why people such as Estee Lauder would talk about this is her passion, her mission. Why would someone such as G Steve Jobs use phrases of this just came to me and I had to do it? I was curious. And where I could only find the answers was in the spiritual field. And I called it spiritual economics. Mm. But this is 2010. And nobody, they kept sending me to the theology departments. And I would be sat there with one of the, um, the religious tutors. And he was saying, well, where is this in the Bible? Mm. And what I found was I was back in 1500s England when... I'd been a student and looking at books and practicing spiritual arts and the religious organization saying, yes, but dear, that's not how we do things. Really? So these were timelines that were absolutely fascinating to me. And eventually they said, Amanda, you can stay, but we can't pick up your subject matter. We just don't understand or have a professor that can support that. Mm. And as we find on our spiritual paths, when one door closes, the window opens. And I came back to the USA and um, my husband at the time was from Oregon. Mm. So we'd made the USA our full-time base. And I just started taking classes with a spiritual university in California where I could learn 150 different subjects. Wow. And what I found was along the way, I kept thinking, where is my path? Am I going to be an angelologist? Am I going to be a Louise Hay practitioner? Um, should I just focus on Reiki? And that, that wasn't my path. My path was to be an oracle and a librarian, bringing information forward and retrieving information for people. And how and did you like... Um how did that come about that you, was it sort of an all at once? You realized like, oh, I had a vision or was it kind of you, you chipped away at it or how did you find that part? It kind of came in, it did come in all of a sudden. Mm. It was in the early 2000s. It was one of my first trips to, I think it was the first spiritual trip to Egypt. And we were in a temple called Abu Simbel. And I had chosen to wear all white and I'd sat in one of the areas in the temple and it was surreal and people were coming up and bowing and someone actually took a picture of me and it looks nothing like me. Really? And what was happening was something was channeling through me like a column of light and I was shaking and I came out and I looked at my teacher and she said, so... And I said, the only word I got was Neptis. Who's Neptis? And she looked at me and my teacher was called Isis. And she said, that's for you to discover. Now, what I didn't realize was actually in the Abu Simbel complex on the walls in the big temple to um, Nefertari, it does have statues of Neptis. And Neptis is the sister of Isis. And she's the sister of the underworld. And she's also the sister of the underworld that she would, she was seen as moving souls through the reincarnation cycles. Um, and I also connected with a goddess that trip called Seishat, who wears a star on her head. 
and she channels the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, I started seeing people's stories. So the whole of that trip, when I'm thinking I'm only going to see two weeks and go to see the pyramids, I was working every day. And I started seeing people's faces changing. I would get messages. Women were crying in the temple and they didn't know why. And I would just go over and I would tell them a story. And I thought that these were all my past lives. And after two weeks, I was totally exhausted. I came home and one of my friends called me and she said, you saw everything. And I said, yeah, how can that be? And she said, oh, you're a librarian. So I started to research the Akashic field and I started to look at, well, what is the job of a librarian? I'd been fascinated by libraries since I was like a small child. Mm. Um, I always like the paper books rather than the e-books sometimes. Me too, yeah. And I started to look at that. And basically the job of a librarian in the ancient times would be the librarians brought out the scrolls, stored the scrolls, the information of the books taken from the scribes. And in the same way as someone like yourself can come to see me, once we get through a few sacred trust divisions, as I say, and you feel comfortable, your field opens and messages and intuition start to come to me. And my job is then to go and open these up like etheric scrolls, imagining them coming down and help you decipher what's there and then work with what's there to serve you in the best way now. Mm. And That did take a long time, a lot of study, a lot of thought, patience. But the initial gift, oh my gosh, when it came in, there was no stopping it. Technically, I don't think I had a choice. Mm -hmm. I think I'd signed, well, I know I signed up for this. I know I've done it in past lives. Mm -hmm. And my now job is to, that's interesting, my now job rather than my job now my now job, um, and they'll have us do certain phrases and wording like that when the guides are working, is that I help other people do that for themselves. And a lot of my students are now doing it with their clients as well. Oh, really? Yes. So it's like the keys and the codes and you just pass on safe ways and methods because people are already doing it. They're just not aware sometimes. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I loved in hindsight, I mean, even as I was preparing for us to meet now, um, you know, you you took me through a lot of different ages, really, you know, and, and like you said, there was a lot, I can imagine just how much knowledge you had to gain in order to get to where you are, because we talked about Lumeria, we talked about Atlantis, we talked about Sirius and Orion, and you know, we were talking about star systems and ancient cultures, um, and and you know, more um, a little more grounded. I don't know what the right word would be, but you know, Egypt and India and and things that you know everybody could come on board with, I suppose, because you were you were always kind of qualifying things with like, okay, we're going to talk about the cosmos, but I don't mean little green men. <laughs> you know, it's like don't don't get worried about this, but you know, just like level setting, and um, 
But you gave me a lot of things that I could do independent research on, even to the extent of like Wikipedia is a great um, resource. And then as I was preparing for this, I saw, oh my gosh, you have these like in-depth trainings, um, three in particular that I saw that include private consultations, um, which you never talked to me about. So it was, which I, I'm like, oh my gosh, she could have so easily been like, well, if you want to know more about this, then you can, you know, upgrade to my next training session, you know, and, and whatever. But there was none of that. It was just like, here's the information and you can, you can take what you want. And, you know, just there's so many free resources. So, but I am really, really curious about what these trainings are that you offer. And, and I have to say, you know, I think there were, for each of them, you get three hours, three separate one hour sessions with you, which is very, very valuable. So um, in addition to the content that is there, I think each of them has like workbooks and things like that. But anyway, can you tell us what, what are these offerings? Because it, it is like how you can learn this stuff in the greater depth yourself. What I found is our spiritual journey can be our lifelong journey. And what I found was that with my nature of work, it's laid there and there is what I call a silver thread that you can start with buying one of my books on Amazon. You can buy one of my products or my Oracle decks on Etsy. But then what happens is as it resonates, your heart and your soul go, I'd like to know a little bit more. Is there a little bit more? Mm. And what then happens is that kind of opens the doorways to the next and the next and the next. And what I've come to understand is that because we're working with sacred keys and codes, um, it's a little bit like the ancient times. Until it's requested or asked, we then don't necessarily step through the door with it. Mm. It's like when they say, when you ask, your, your teacher shows up. Yeah. And I've looked at, and trust me, I've done the business backgrounds and I watched it. Should I go on these multimedia programs and this thing? And it just, for some reason, it never worked with me. It just became, it became a challenge. So what I did was I stripped it all back. And basically, there starts with the books and doing your own information. Wikipedia, Facebook, social networkings are Akashic records. Mm. So you can tune in and pull so much information out of there. And I love that we have knowledge and discovery. And then you can do like the sessions, the timings, the 30 minutes, 45. Some of my students buy the package of time because they need a little bit help getting through something. But they will come and go and that works well with me because, again, I'm not having to hold the cord for them. They're holding the cord of themselves. Mm. And then what we started doing was really when we got here, when I got here in Sedona, I got a very strong message, set up the temple, mm. set up the temple. So I have my space here in Sedona. We have a large yoga studio and apartment where we teach from. And then I have my office with therapy rooms and product that you came to visit. Mm -hmm. So we're, you've been in both locations now. <laughs> and I always say to people, when you come to Sedona, you're coming home. Mm. And I looked at it like a university. And therefore, I set up, first of all, the temple training. 
And temple training is given over various seasons. And we were already doing these online. So we kind of were ahead of the the COVID vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, Spirit said to us way back in 19, you must take these online. Mm. So they're 45 minute classes and we cover a lot of things. We cover psychic skills, negative energy, oracle cards, Saint Germain, Maldex, Sirius, uh, the goddesses, Mary Magdalene. And they're 45 minute classes that include a teaching and they also include a regression or an activation. And you can call us for them. They're all just $10 each and we give them to you. That's training. So it's 45 minutes and is that per topic? Per topic, yeah. yeah. So you go on the website and you'd say, oh, I want to learn about um, Sirius and the Palladians today. So you write to us. The reason we have you, so it's not just this download is because I'm giving sacred keys and codes that we don't follow you, but it has to be given from the teacher, if that oh. makes any sense. So it's a different way of working rather than, oh, I'll just hit the download on eBay or I'll just hit the download yeah. on this. That's great. But it's like my Oracle deck. When people are working with my Akashic Records Oracle deck, they'll say, Amanda, it's alive. And mm. I'll go, yes, because I'm present with the training. Okay. So that's the difference where a lot of my students are feeling. And it's kind of the next generation mm. of we're going to go more into the IT and technology. But for me, I'm giving my permission statement for my student to go in. So what I find is if the student doesn't knock on the door or it doesn't go, it's because it's not meant to be given at this time. Hmm. So it's a very interesting way because that does not fit with the economics yeah. of the age of Pisces, but I'm sure it's going to work in Aquarius. In Aquarius, yeah. So that's my method. And then yeah. the mastery ones, just to finish, mm. um, we offer more in-depth training where what I want to do is do it more one-to-one -one with you. We do Akashic Records, Atlantis Mystery in Egypt. We do Cosmic Connections. We do um, Oracle Training, Oracle Mastery. And now we do the Sakem, which is like I call it fifth generation Reiki mm. um, healing. And you get a booklet, a manual, you get downloads, audios, videos, and you get three sessions, one hour each of personal one-to-one, -one, either in person or through Zoom. Mm. And therefore, again, you're getting this personal training for your own exploration. Or what I find a lot of people do is they add it into their therapy business. It just mm. takes them to another level. Yeah. So, and that's it. Simple and easy. Yeah. Simple and, and, and each of those mastery ones that you talked about, those are all different. So they're different offerings. So you can kind yes. of branch off if it's more like, oh, I feel more connected to the conscious or uh, cosmic, you know, thing. Yeah. Rather yeah. than one the, big course. But so what we did was we took the same like vehicle of delivery, mm -hmm. which we found worked really well. And what I found was people really advanced so fast because they're they're working one to one mm -hmm. and we're bringing it through for them mm -hmm. rather than in a class of 500 and they're like oh I'll write some notes down oh mm -hmm. I'm getting you know in my left ear I'm getting a ringing I'm seeing a color purple 
because you're there with me, I can go, okay, so you've got Dink Jermaine with you and you're getting an activation and you're getting this and we're doing that. Boom. And you know what I love is when things click like that, that means the spirit guides are going, yes, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's I what we that. do. I love that. So that's it. They're like, now that's how we want to, to work and interface. Mm. Which happened during our reading because I said something you were, you know, you were very, very good about like, what, what do you want to know? What, what do you want to get out of this? And at one point I said, you know, I'm always interested in getting to know my spirit guides better and I need help with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the phone started ringing because you were, you were starting to say like, well, they're <laughs> always trying to commute. And I was saying, I feel like it's always one-sided. Like I, I have so much trouble connecting back, like feeling the response. And then the phone started ringing and you're like, well, there they are. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, and here we go that's again. the beauty of it. Yeah. I always say if, because we have a left brain and a right brain often working when you're in your spiritual, what I call coherence, um, what happens with that is your right brain is bringing information through and the left brain is going, okay, I can work with this. Mm-hmm. When we try too hard, the left brain tells us, come on, get back grounded, have a reality check. So the easiest way I will say is think of yourself like a computer. Think of your connection to your guides like your mobile phone. Mm. You can put apps on. So I'm going to put some goddess apps on. I'm going to put some angel apps on. Okay, I'm going to put some, um, these apps, Akashic Record apps. And what it does is it means that you have a speed dial between yourself and your guides. Mm-hmm. And it's a clear channel because it's in your heart. And as long as you're keeping your free will and you're focusing on your intention, that's the easiest way. I used to say to my daughter, I have Santa Claus on my speed dial. <laughs> and that would start around November mm-hmm. um, when she was a little girl. And it always makes me smile. And my daughter, she's interesting. She's um, 24 now. But she would come to me with such wisdom when she was five. And I would say, what did you do today? I was helping the little ones. And I said, how did you help them? And she said, well, you know, when they go through the food line for school lunches, if they don't have their tray around the right way, then they don't get their right lunch. I help them put their tray around the right way so they get their proper portion sizes. And I just thought, you know, that's what, as a spiritual guide, if we can do that as a spiritual mentor, it's helping people in their own mastery. Mm. Because there's a certain reason why a lot of us came down to be here for this switch between this Piscean and Aquarius age. We're seeing the change like we've never done before oh on the planet that we, we remember. Yeah, You know, the last time this was going on was kind of the early 1900s. Mm. And we're all in this sharing together. And it's a shift in consciousness. It's a shift in behaviors, in lifestyles. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, the light workers are... We've been waiting for it mm. and yeah, helping people just get their tray around the right way. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful and, and so humble because it is very big work. I mean, it's, but that's a, a beautiful way to say it. So I'm really curious from, from your perspective, what it is like as you're working with a client, because 
I know when you were talking me through what you were doing, because you were really good about explaining some of the, you know, like what was, you, you explained a little bit about like the process and things like that. But um, you mentioned a lot about my guides and I've noticed that as we're talking, you you keep saying we, so I assume that includes, that's you and your guides, uh, your team. Um, but would you feel at all to share kind of how it feels on your side as you're doing your work? So that's really, and thank you for asking that. You know, every year I take a sacred journey mm-hmm. and um, normally my three places are um, Egypt, uh, Glastonbury, Stonehenge, and then I do take groups to Peru as well. So that's when I kind of say the way all the time and I forget, but what it actually does for me is it keeps me grounded and it, mm. I have a thing, What it, I'm always saying, okay, keep me humble, keep me grounded because sometimes I come away from a client going, I was just working on Jupiter. I was just working in the rainforest And actually yesterday I started off in the Middle East on a Zoom call. Then I was in Sedona. Then I was in New York. Then I was in Singapore. Then I was in Hong Kong. Oh my goodness. So you trying to keep yourself grounded in that can be a challenge. And that's why I only see a few people a day. Mm. And for me, what I have to do is that's why I like to do it as in session type and time of session because that gives my left brain time to process Mm. and I leave enough time before and after when I'm working it's kind of a surreal I write everything down on a piece of paper and like you said I let you record because afterwards I might remember a key thing but I don't remember it all Mm -hmm. it's like it goes out of me it comes in around me with my guides okay and what I also found was fascinating and this is why we don't do unless it's a person that's a student or on a package that I know Mm -hmm. we have to give 24 hours notice okay and the reason being is that 24 hours or from the moment that client goes in my diary and I still keep a written diary as I keep in um, a diary on my phone Mm -hmm. is that as they're comfortable their guides start talking to me and my guides start talking to them. Mm. So they might have me watch a movie. They might have me see a sign on a car going past or something on the internet. Mm. And then what will happen is I will get information. The case of um, four days ago, one of my students sent a picture on Facebook She's here at Mount Rushmore. She's took a picture and she's like, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm loving being here and I'm tuning in. And it just flashed very quickly. Yesterday, one of my students said to me, Amanda, I had a dream of us at Mount Rushmore. What's that about? Hmm. And because I was able to recall from four days previous, the energy, the visual of that Facebook post because sometimes I have a photographic memory. Well, I do have a photographic memory. Um, I was able to help tune her in and we went in, did a regression, did a past life. But that's where it started. Mm. Mount Rushmore had messages. My client called me. We set up the appointment and we delivered the Akashic record. And we helped her in whatever she was being helped with. So that's why sometimes we're working as this collective Mm -hmm. intangibly than just, okay, 
I'm going to turn some cards for you and give you some information. So it's quite surreal. And I was explaining to one of my lovely new clients and she said, how, how do you work through this? And I said, well, when I come out of a temple, when I go into temple, obviously I have often, I always have a local guide with us for mm -hmm. language, support, and the team, especially in Egypt, it's just a given. My yeah. team is like, um, we, it's like a first class journey when we travel. We're so safe and connected. But the minute I walk in the temple and I open the temple doors, it's like the lights go on. Mm. And things shift and move and activate. When we come out, I switch the temple off, especially the Great Pyramid, because I take people in there privately. So it's like, okay, let's put all the lights on. Um, let's call in the guides. Let's call in the systems. But they've already known we're coming for like six to eight months. Mm -hmm. And my team's been, my, my clients and guests have all been having dreams. And then we do the work, we come out, and then it's at that point I get grounded. Hmm. So it may be that I need, um, my, it's interesting, I was saying to one of my clients, a black coffee. Hmm. Because when you're working in these fields, you're going into such high levels of resonance, you're taking your body very alkaline. Oh, okay. So then sometimes you need something acidic to, to take you back, to balance the pH. And what I found was sometimes I'd have to have um, like lemon water, a small espresso, um, uh, some potato, things that are very grounding. Hmm. Um, uh, what I call an electrolyte water because hmm. my minerals and vitamins. So I started noticing that my, my blood was changing, my sensitivities were changing. So you do have to work with that. When you're working in these realms, it's like you've took 10 green juices. Hmm. Um, so that was one of the things that they don't kind of tell you in spiritual school often. Yeah. And for me, I learned, you know, what's good for me, what's not good for me. And then relaxing, taking some time. I have two black cats. I have a small puppy, oh. um, some animal downtime, some time in nature, um, time on my own. And then coming back into the reality. Because at the same time, I want to have a normal life. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been an oracle for many of my lifetimes, shut away in the back, mm. but not this time. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, it's clearing that. Um, so, yeah. yes, it's trying to balance and have a normal life mm. without being too spooky. Yeah. But then still taking the responsibility on when you see things or you need to share something, if it's requested or asked, mm -hmm. working with that. Okay. And we're coming up on time. I know that I want to be respectful of your time. I, I'll just one more question. It would be how your clients, so if, if somebody wanted to schedule a meeting or a reading with you, so you do these via Zoom. So as you mentioned, when you said that you were in the Middle East and you were in Sedona and you were in Hong Kong, those were actual clients around the world that you're connecting with, not just from like a, an astral perspective. I was astrally traveling to um, <laughs> Hong Kong. These are actual, like you're working across the globe with your clients through Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, what would be, 
a way that your clients use the information that is because I, I suspect, you know, the, the guides are very careful about like supplying information that's very relevant to what you need to know, because we all have like lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes. And so there's just so much. So um, are there ways that people, you know, if they wanted to connect with you, that what they could expect to, how they can utilize that in the best way. Yeah. There's two types of, uh, no, I'll give you this. There's three types of people that come towards me. And one is the person that has a specific intention of dealing with something in their life right now. Now, the Akashic Record stores everything. They record the karma of it. They record the emotions of it, the blockages of it. We cannot change the records because mm. if I change the record, I can't change the record that I'm having this conversation right here, right now with you. Mm. But I can change how I might feel about it or what I think about it. Okay. But I can't change that this actually physically happened. Mm -hmm. So what I will often say to people is, okay, what do you feel stuck with now that may be from the past or a life between life, a cosmic, or what do you need to project for the future? And we kind of deal with that as a little bit like a um, Akashic technician sorting their computer out. Mm. Then you have the client or the student that is curious, that said, I've had a dream. I saw this, I saw that, can you help make sense? And I make sense of the nonsense. So we might go back in, get some clarity, understanding, um, getting the ping, you know, getting that, getting the message. And then there's the, the client, the student that wants to learn. Amanda, I want to learn about creative writing. How can I bring the skills in? St. Germain showed up in my office the other day and I don't know what to do. So there's many, many different ways. And my whole thing, like I said, I'm Aries with Aquarius. What are you going to do with it? How's it going to help you? Mm. And therefore, one of the things when we're doing things like past lives is I will never take you back and say, oh, well, you know what? You were Henry VIII or you were Elizabeth I or, you know, you were this president, uh, JFK. We don't do that. Mm. We'll say you were around during that time. You're observing. You could see yourself doing certain things, but we don't leave you trapped in that timeline. We keep you present who and what and where you are now. Mm. And that for me is a practical aspect to help you in that path. And many people are around the world switching on an awakening doing work in their community, that sometimes they need some help and assistance. And they also need to understand some keys and codes for that location, because every location around the world has a karmic record. Oh. So where you're born, where you live, and you're working and tapping into that. Mm. So... We've definitely gone down the rabbit hole today. Yeah. And <laughs> it's almost like it opens up for lots of conversation. Oh, absolutely. It's so fascinating. I just, I can't thank you enough for, for being here and just for my session. It was amazing. And then to just get this information about how it works behind the scenes. And, and I am very, very interested in some of the things that 
some of your offerings. So um, I, we, we will continue to carry on because that you have so much to offer. And, um, and thank you for your light and all the good work that you're doing. You're just so beautiful. So thank oh, you so Cara, much. Thank you. And, you know, I see certainly a mirror of great beauty and grace in you. Oh, and you. no, it's an absolute delight. Reading your records was an honor and a privilege. Um, it's just a gift of light that you're bringing to the world. And I know everyone that's touching in your community is ever so grateful as well. And I'm excited for how you continue with that. So God bless and namaste. Thank you so much. Namaste. Thank you. And thank you for listening and tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it or... um, or rate it or leave a review or anything like that really helps to spread the light and um, and share this work. So I appreciate that. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.